What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Truth Pace Podcast. I am your host, Joe Jesse, and this is episode 10, 1 0. Today, we're going to be talking about the NBA draft. It's coming up. A lot of top prospects are coming out of college. Going to talk a little bit about the top 10, or at least the projected top 10, and a few that I think might sneak into the top 10 that are kind of hanging in the top 15. And then we're going to share a story, probably one of my favorite stories. I'm just going to call it Two Chains. That's all I'm going to say. Shout out to everybody who's been listening from the jump. I appreciate it, all of you that have subscribed. I'm still still blown away by it, but I appreciate it nonetheless. And I hope you continue listening. Next episode, something special. going to have my buddy, the chef got my homeboy Bart on the show talking a little bit about uh, not just marketing but specifically his story from Poland to the United States to now running what I would say the largest marketing department as far as the sock game goes so we got him coming up next episode and uh, like I always say man real topics real people real talk <laughs> This shit's always real funny, man. Truth pace, brush up. Alright, welcome back. So we're gonna get into this NBA draft. Now, basketball is my first love. I pay close attention to all rankings. NBA, college, high school. I'm keeping up with all levels of the game. I'm even keeping up with some stuff overseas as well over in Europe, mostly. And a little bit of China, but mostly Europe. And so, I wanted to get into, for all my all my friends who are basketball buffs, aficionados, hoopers, and all that, I just wanted an episode where we could talk hoops and kind of talk about this upcoming draft, which I think is loaded with talent, but the order of who's selecting really is what makes this year's draft interesting, because... I would say that it's pretty top-heavy with talent. There's a lot of potential with a lot of these players, but where they go is going to decide where their future really is going to take off. So I went to CBS Sports. I looked at their mock draft, and we're just going to break down their top 10. So the number one pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the Phoenix Suns select DeAndre Ayton right easy selection potentially the best player in the draft arguably the best player in the draft personally I like Marvin Bagley the third's potential a little bit more but this one this is a surefire one you can't really miss with this why homie went to the University of Arizona he's familiar in the state of Arizona he's already got a fan base there who's been following him on top of that if I'm not mistaken Homie is from Arizona, played basketball out there. Um, I could be wrong. Actually, that might have been Marvin Bagley. If I'm not mistaken, he's also from that area as well. So it'd be a hometown kid, home run. Seven-footer, can mix it up. You got Booker there. You got uh, Chris there. You know, you're building some things over there in Phoenix. You just need a coach who can kind of get those young players to put it all together. So with the second pick... The Sacramento Kings select Marvin Bagley III out of Duke. So, 
I mean, I hate to say it, but it feels like Sacramento is just kind of a wasteland for untapped talent. You know what I mean? That's just kind of where guys are going to go, where they're running out of college. They got a world full of potential, and they just end up there. They're too good to not get selected. It's just too bad that they were selected here. But who knows? Maybe Marvin Bagley could be the piece to really start something there. He's got the talent, left-handed, super athletic, legit 6'10", pogo stick like athleticism just up and down off the ground you know I could see him averaging a double double his rookie season Um, I'm not gonna say no problem but I think he has the potential to do it so maybe you know he could be the start of something in Sacramento if he is it'd be a nice piece to build around third selection the Hawks Atlanta Hawks select Luka Donich or Donich Slovenian, he plays out in the EuroLeague. Youngest player to ever win MVP, right? He's one outstanding player. He's won playoff MVP, finals MVP, and champion. And homie can't even drink alcohol in the United States. <laughs> homie is a he's a hooper, shooting guard, right? I mean, he's the type of player that if he goes to the right system, you could build around him, potentially. Or he could be the right guy who can kind of come in and then within the next two years really give you something uh, that you could you could really build off of. I don't know if Atlanta's the best place for him. I remember reading something about how he may stall out and not go into this year's draft based on who selects him. Um, or not that he won't go in this year's draft, but he might get bought uh, out pretty much, you know, out where he's playing so that he won't have to play with the bum-ass team he gets selected to. Fourth pick, the Memphis Grizzlies select Trey Young. Now, this is interesting because you've got Mike Conley there, right? Which would be, who better to learn the NBA game from than Mike Conley, right? Undersized guard left-handed, shifty, didn't really have much of a shot when he got there, developed a shot, really nice handle, awesome floor leader, really good defender. I mean, if you're going to learn the game from somebody, Mike Conley is the guy to learn the game from. So that essentially in itself is kind of worth the risk of taking him at four because you believe that you got something that when Mike is gone, can step in and really fill that void. And then he's more of a scorer than Mike is. So imagine him being that, even more lethal from three. You basically got a Mike Conley now, just you need to teach him the mental part of the game. It could be deadly, I don't mind that selection. Fifth pick, the Dallas Mavericks select Jaron Jackson, freshman, Michigan State. Now if you don't follow college basketball, you don't know who Jaron Jackson is. Jaron Jackson is pretty much a seven foot tall, pterodactyl son's wingspan is insane right top two player in his class you know arguably the best player at michigan state with a loaded roster there miles bridges being one of the players jaron jackson you're basically getting the potential you're buying the potential that 
someone at his size with his ability to move laterally around the court, defend, is going to be something that, you know, is going to be worth a lot of money. And he potentially can. I mean, considering he's still really young, um, it could be good. But at the same time, he could be a bust. You never know. The sixth pick, Orlando Magic select Michael Porter Jr., freshman out of Missouri. Now, the Magic need a franchise player. Every team has a face to its team. Cleveland has LeBron. Indiana now has Victor Oladipo. Toronto has Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan. Dallas, Dirk, and now slowly Dennis Smith Jr. Like, everyone's got a face to a franchise. Is Aaron Gordon the face of the Orlando franchise? Right now he is because of the slam dunk contest. Don't get me wrong, he's a fantastic player. And he's his game, you know, from year to year is, is definitely improved. But they need a face to their franchise. Michael Porter Jr. is the perfect face for that franchise. Now, can he deliver like he did in high school, which made him number one player in the country before Michael or before Marvin Bagley reclassified? Can he be that player after coming off of this back injury? If he can, this guy could be a perennial all-star. 6'10", can shoot. You're basically looking at Kevin Durant. Put it to you like that. You know, the early Kevin Durant, better, bigger body, you know what I mean? Maybe not as much range. I'd say a little bit more athletic than Kevin Durant when he first came in the league. So there's a, there's a lot of potential there. Seventh pick, Chicago Bulls select Mo Bamba, freshman out of Texas. I mean, if you don't know who Mo Bamba is by now, you really been sleeping. There was a dunk he had on the road against some school this year that looked fucking insane. It looked like my guy, the ball looked like it could have hit the top of the backboard, and then he yeah, just flushed it, punched it on the dude's face. My God. He recently worked out with the Bulls. So, you know, that could be a good pick. The Bulls need something to build around. Why not build around defense? Eighth pick, Cleveland the Cleveland Cavaliers select Michael Bridges. Now, Junior out of Villanova. Interesting pick. Now, you bring him on and you say, and you think LeBron stays. He's a piece that can help, kind of like a Jeff Green potential type piece. Um, like a 3-4 type of player. Can play defense. He's got good length. Real good shooter. He's a junior. Under, um, I can't remember the, the coach's name at Villanova off the top of my head. My God. I'll say it later if it pops into my head. But three years under him under his tutelage so you know he's ready to play the game you know he knows how to play the game he's something he's someone that can come in right away the ninth pick the new york knicks select colin sexton freshman out of alabama i like this pick bring the young bull to new york i like this one new york needs new york needs something 
they need a flash, especially with Porzingis potentially going to be out for really the majority of the season. They're going to need something. They're going to need some sort of spark. Colin Sexton could potentially be that spark. Right, fast, shifty, athletic, aggressive, tough, in your face, going to talk to you about it. I mean, that's that's New York basketball. That's the kind of guard that New York needs. That's the kind of guard that New York can appreciate. He's streaky, so you're going to want to help him kind of develop his game. And then you got the point guard, Frank, uh, I think it's Nick Nikinia. Tilakina or whatever whatever it is. He can run the one, have Colin run the two. He's undersized, but I mean, just with his energy and athleticism, he might make up for it. And with the 10th pick, the 76ers select Wendell Carter Jr., freshman out of Duke. Hey, man, I like that pick. You bring him in, that allows him to play defense. Joel Embiid gets to focus a little bit more on offense, not saying he has to take a step back on defense. But if he can, you've got some help. On the weak side with Wendell Carter Jr. Arguably the best rebounder in college basketball. And arguably the best offensive rebounder. Oh, I'd say offensive rebounder in college basketball. I mean, I watched a lot of games with Duke, man. And the way he was able to hit the glass, him and Marvin Bagley Jr., when they were both hitting the glass, man, it was tough to get rebounds over those guys. So you can imagine what it's going to be like if it were him and Joel Embiid both down there on the glass, on the offensive glass, trying to get rebounds. It's going to be tough. Guys outside the top 10 to look out for, Lonnie Walker out of Miami, Robert Williams out of Texas A&M. That's a sleeper right there. Texas A&M didn't really have a good year, and it's kind of hard to see the potential with some players when the team isn't doing well because you don't see the best version of them. But a lot of people say that, you know, he's got a lot of potential. And with the 7'5 wingspan, you know, this guy potentially could just be a glass eater. Right? Everyone needs that. You got Shea Gilgis Alexander at a Kentucky freshman point guard. I watched him play. That boy can get you buckets. And then you got Miles Bridges and Kevin Knox. Miles Bridges out of Michigan State and Kevin Knox out of Kentucky. So, yeah, man, I'm really interested in seeing where a lot of these players go, who selects them, because in my opinion, where they go is going to be what unlocks their potential. And there's a lot of guys with a lot of potential. They just need to land at the right place at the right time, and their whole life can fucking take off, man. I'm looking forward to it. A lot of times, I have difficulty coming up with ideas for some of these stories. As far as which story am I going to tell? And sometimes I have to sit and I have to really think about my life and just some of the crazy shit that's happened. And think about which which one of those crazy stories would be the best one to share with people. And so today, I figured... I'll share the story of 2 chains. So, this was a couple years ago. At the time, I was working at a clothing store. I was working at Urbanity as just a sales clerk, right? Like, there was a couple people that worked at the shop, but the owner 
um, you know, was working, and then, like, you know, every, every, pretty much every, if you, if you were, like, hanging out at the shop, uh, there were, you probably were putting in time, you're either, like, helping sell shit behind the register, like, giving money back, like, something, right, right, and so this time, I'm also, um, doing club promotions with my guy, Sed, shout out to Seti Fresh, I'm doing club stuff with Sed, and we, um, were brought on to do the after party for Two Chains. Two Chains was gonna be in Seattle on tour with Nicki Minaj, so we figured we'd throw an after party, have him show up, right? Well, we didn't. We didn't uh, come up with that. Um, another gentleman came up with that. Shout out to um, Terrell, and uh, he kind of put the plan in motion. He just wanted us to kind of help assist with the small things, just to kind of make the whole process smoother out here but as far as like the big details and the logistics like get booking two chains making sure you know what he needs is relayed to us like all that stuff like that was all him like for real for real this was a three-man job like the shit was crazy that we were able to pull this off uh, but it was a lot of communication it was a lot of trust um, and it was it was really just three guys wanting to put on an amazing event for the city not really to get too much out of it so during this time we're selling pre-sale tickets we're selling vip tickets you know what i mean like this shit is about to pop off and the funny thing about seattle is that if you have an event on the let's say you have an event on the 20th you're not going to start getting calls about tickets and things like that like the rush for pre-sale tickets and things like that you're not going to start getting hit up until like the 15th you know what i mean like you could on the first put out that pre-sale tickets are available but you're not going to start getting hit up until the 15th you got to have a whole bunch of people kind of decide that this is where it's going to be for that night this is where they're going to go and then once collectively as a culture we've decided that that's the place to go then the ambush is going to start to happen and then now it's going to get crazy and that's exactly what happened so my job was to be kind of the point person for VIP booking and ticket information. So my phone number was on the flyer. My phone number was on the website. My phone number was on the Facebook page. So my phone was ringing all the time. And thank goodness, I like I remember telling Rel, like, please put text this number because I'm not trying to get all these calls. And so I would get a lot of text messages as well. And I'd, I'd have a stack of tickets, Sed would have a stack of tickets, Rel would have a stack of tickets, and we just kind of coordinate who was the best person for that person to pick up tickets from. Day of the event was, this is, where, this is the story, okay? So this is where the story starts. I just wanted to give you some backstory as to what led to all of this. So day of the event, we're selling a lot of tickets. I am working at the store open to close. The owner and his girlfriend decided to go on their anniversary to Mexico. They do it every year. Can't do anything about that. <clears throat> it's their anniversary. At the time, it was just the three of us working the store while we were looking for a fourth person to bring on. So I was going to work open to close for, I think, four days straight. Totally fine. Totally capable of doing it. I was down to do it, happy for them to go to Mexico, have a great anniversary, I'll see you when you get back. 
So on this Saturday, this was another one of those Saturdays that was open to close. So I get to the shop and that's actually not bad because I was having people come to the store to come pick up pre-sale tickets. So it was kind of it wasn't necessarily it was a central location for people who lived up north. So if we had anybody who lived north of I guess like Broadway, they could come to me. And this was a central location to pick up tickets. So that was kind of that was convenient for a lot of people um, who lived up north. So they just swing by the shop, buy their tickets, get their cash, boom, in and out, they're gone. And then, of course, I'd obviously try to sell them some stuff and be like, you know, what you wearing, you know, to the party? We got some shit here, you know, that you might like, you know, what size are you? You know what I mean? Just I couldn't help it. So and I'd make a couple sales off of that, which was kind of dope. So day of. I've got a couple VIP tickets. I've got some pre-sale tickets. I'm at the store, open to close. Close is, on this day, I wanna say close is eight o'clock. Eight o'clock is, eight o'clock is close. It's probably more like nine o'clock. Let's say eight o'clock is close. I, I gotta go from there, drop off, these tickets to my cousin Sheena and her friends and then I gotta go get changed I brought clothes so I was gonna go to um, the C-Spot office shout out my guy Cun I was gonna go to the to the C-Spot office get changed and then boop go to the venue because it wasn't that far and then you know kind of do whatever it was we needed to do for that night plans changed while I'm at the shop said hits me and is like hey can you go grab the microphones from the audio spot the dj can't go get them and i'm like what you know what i mean like my time is already crunched to begin with because i gotta go make all these drops and all these moves anyway but i'm just like fuck one more thing that i gotta do and really the concern for me isn't that i have to go running around it's my car at the time i was driving the sweetest 87 Bronco 2 not the OJ kind that's a Bronco that's a Bronco 1 if I'm not mistaken I think his was like a 80 85 or 86 he had the big body one I had the short one two door my shit was sweet I loved it but in the summer that bitch overheated like Drake when you diss him on a record so I can't be taking all these trips back and forth back and forth because this this was in August, if I'm not mistaken. So it's hot in Seattle. My shit is, you know, if it's if it stays running, it that 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 boom, locked. Now we gotta wait until it all the way cools off for me to get going. So I'm just like, fuck. Like in my head, I already came up with the route to go from one place to the other, where I don't gotta take a lot of hills. I don't have to sit in a lot of traffic. Like I plan this out for me and my vehicle. So then. I'm like, fuck, well, if we don't get the microphones, then he might not perform, so I'll risk it, you know, fuck it, whatever, let's do it, and really, the only issue was, is that where I had to go to drop off the tickets was down at South Lake Union at Joey's, the place that I had to go get the microphones was up on Broadway, and if you're trying to avoid hills, it's virtually impossible to avoid hills when you're going from South Lake Union all the way up to Broadway. It's essentially one big ass hill that you have to climb to get there. Every route is a hill to where it is that you need to go. So in my head, I'm trying to think of the route that involves the the least amount of incline 
in the lowest amount of traffic. So I find a route. I drop off the tickets. I'm on my way to get the microphones. The microphone place closes at 9. At this point, it's probably like 8.45. So I'm driving. Um, I'm at the light. And I look at my, it's a red light. I look at my rear view and I'm like, man, this taxi is coming up pretty quick. And so, you know, I'm looking for it and I'm waiting. And all of a sudden, it feels like, it's the weirdest thing. I can't really describe it, but it, it, it feels like, have you ever nodded off and fallen asleep for like one, one thousand, two, one thousand, and then wake up and been like, oh my God, like how long was I asleep? Like, that's what it felt like. Like, it felt like my eyes closed and I opened my eyes and it was kind of like, what happened? Like, someone just hit the restart button. And then I realized, like, did I just get hit? Like, did I just get rear-ended? So then I look in my rear view, and the taxi is all up on me. And I'm like, oh, shit, I did get hit. So now I'm hot because it's 845. I got to get to the fucking microphone store. I'm probably, like, three blocks, four blocks away from the place, and this shit happens. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I get out the car. I go look at them. My shit's cool, right? 87 Bronco. My car's made of steel, right? Like, it's not... You're gonna... A train's gonna have to hit this shit in order for it to do anything. Like, they don't make cars like this anymore. The taxi front end? Fucked. Totally fucked, right? And so I'm looking at him. I'm like, man, are you all right? And he's like, oh, man, my brother, my brother, African dude. My brother, my brother, my brother. Like, I'm sorry. You know, now I'm hot, right? Because my immediate thought is, fuck, now my car's not going to work, right? So how am I going to get from the from here to the microphone store before it closes, right? I've got 15 minutes. I'm five blocks away. I just got rear-ended. His shit's fucked up. I... I'm in a predicament right now, right? So I'm kind of like, all right, like, fuck, what am I going to do? My car is good, though. That's the thing. My car is good. I could go, and all I have to do is, like, buff out some paint on my bumper. Like, it's not it's not even that big of a deal. I could just go. And really, but at the same time, like, I'm upset because my car is still running, and I, I have a fear that my car is going to die at some point because it just got fucking smacked in the back end. And so... I'm like, all right, man, give me your insurance information. And he's like, oh, this, you know, I don't, I don't have insurance. This isn't my car. This is my buddy's car. And I'm like, what? What do you mean it's your buddy's car? So now I'm hot, right? I'm heated at this point because I'm like, this fool is being negligent as fuck. Like, you're out here driving stupid as hell, rear-ending people. It's not your car. You ain't got no insurance. Like, what the fuck are you doing out here? Like, I get it. Like, you're trying to make a living. You're trying to earn some money. Like, I ain't mad at it, but goddamn, my G, like, to what extent? At what risk? You know what I mean? You're putting lives at danger playing around like this out here. So then, now I'm pissed off because I can't call the police because I got some tree in the car that I was burning earlier. So I'm like, uh, and at this, you know, it's still, you know, at this point, like, medical was okay, but recreational wasn't okay. And I didn't have a, a medical card at the time. And it was just like, oh, uh, that's going to be a nightmare to have to go through the logistics of that. So I just get on my bully and I'm like, yo, man, how much money you got on you right now? 
And he's like, what? I don't have any money. I'm like, how much money do you got on you right now? I tap his pockets. I tap his front pockets. No no lie. I'm heated. I'm hot right now, right? My car's probably going to be finished. I got to go rush and get this mic. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to get to the venue on time. I shouldn't even have been having to do this shit in the first place. The DJ bailed for whatever fucking reason. I don't know why. And so now I gotta do all this shit, right? So I'm checking his pockets. He ain't got nothing in his pockets. So I'm just like, look, if I I look up dead in his eyes, I'm like, if I see you driving around here in this car, I'm gonna pull up behind you. I'm gonna pull you out the car and I'm gonna fuck you up. You hear me? You should pray to God and be lucky you didn't have a passenger in the back seat, or you'd be fucked right now. They'd sue your fucking ass and you'd be done right now. Like, you're lucky you hit my car and nothing's wrong with me, but you need to take your ass home since you're so goddamn sleepy, putting people's lives at risk. Get the fuck out of here. So I jump in my car. Now I got five minutes. I got five minutes to get there. But I'm five blocks away. Like, it's no it's no issue. So I get, I roll up. I get to the light. I'm at the corner to where the um, the place is. And all of a sudden, doot, 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 my shit dies. Stalls out, dies. And I'm like, oh, no. I can't turn. I can't do nothing. And, like, there's a couple people behind me, but they're not turning. Like, they're trying to go around me to go straight. And I can't, I can't move. You know what I mean? I got no gas. Like, I, I, my shit ain't on. So, like, the neutral... It's fine, but I'd already been at, like, a stop to get ready to stop and, uh, you know, wait for people to cross the road. And so I'm moving hella slow. These two dudes, these two young brothers across the street are like, hey, nobody's going to help him. My guy's car can't move. So they run across the street. They help push the car across the street to the gas station. I throw them a couple dollars just out of appreciation because... I was stuck out there, and everybody was just looking at me like, oh, that's too bad. And they, you know, they jumped up and did something about it. You know what I mean? You got to reward people when they do. Unfortunately, you've got to reward people for doing good shit. Because otherwise, no one's going to continue to do shit like that. So I managed to get the microphones. Two microphones, boom, boom, we're gone. The irony in the story is is that I had to take a taxi... (laughs) To get to, I didn't even go to the C-Spot office. I went to the Rich Kids office, Rich Kids Clothing. That's another story in itself. That's another episode. But I go to the Rich Kids office, get changed. On my way there, I'm talking to the cab driver. I tell him what happened. I'm like, yeah, man, I got rear-ended by this fucking cab driver. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling him the whole story. And he's like, dang, man, like, that's messed up. Like, he shouldn't have been driving out here. Yada, yada, yada. All this extra shit, right? And so I get to the office. I change clothes. I grab my shit, I go. Um, the office was down by, um, it's in between, I, I don't know what that alley is, between um, CenturyLink and Safeco that runs basically one stadium to the other. I can't think of the name of it. But the office was right there. So I'm uh, walking down, like, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think there was a... a was it a Sounders game or there was something going on at CenturyLink because it was lit. There was a lot of fucking people. It might have been a baseball game, but there was a lot of fucking people out there when I was out there. And so I'm walking. I walk maybe like two blocks, hop in a cab. I hop in a cab and I realize, fuck, I left the mics at the office. So I tell the driver, I'm like, hey, man, like 
I need to go here, which is basically behind us, but I need you to drive forward one block so I can go grab this microphone. And there were so many people, he was like, nah, man, I'm not going to do it. So just like, what? He's like, nah, man, I'm not going to do it. Like, you know, I'm sorry. So I'm like, man, fuck you then. All right, so I get out the cab, hop in another cab, tell that dude what's going on. He's like, oh, yeah, no problem. So he gets down there, he waits, grabs the mics, whip back, go back to the venue, get ready um, for the party. It's already kind of going, DJ set up, booths are set up, door girls there. Now we just kind of, we're waiting, waiting for the change to get there. Uh, for the till, and then they're finishing up two chains food. So here's here's <laughs> here's something that you might uh, not know. So when you work with artists, like especially for events, they have what's called a rider, and a rider is essentially a list of requests or demands, depending on how you want to look at it, that an artist needs. Um, uh, in order to do whatever job it is that you want them to do. And a lot of the times it's things like, you know, or for in this case, 2 change requested a 100 pieces of shrimp grilled or fried, 100 pieces, uh, 100 chicken wings grilled, fried, 10 lobster tails, bottles of Ciroc, bottles of um, champagne, case of water, case of Gatorade, and fruit, I believe. Fresh, fresh fruit, like a fruit platter, right? Now, lobster's not cheap. 10 lobster tails is not cheap. And then you got to think of all this other stuff. Now, you know... Rel is fronting the bill for all of this. You know what I mean? Like, he's the one that essentially has to invest his money into this to recoup it in the back end. So we're finding out, like, how much all the stuff is. Luckily, the venue that we had, they had kind of a deal on seafood because the venue that we were at was actually um, a restaurant. It was a Cuban restaurant. And they had a chef that they could bring in and cook in-house and, and make all that stuff. So it was great. We actually threw in 10 baked potatoes on these niggas. Since you guys went 10 lobster tails, we're going to throw in 10 fully loaded baked potatoes on that ass and see what you think about it. And they, uh, hey, they ate all of it. I ain't even going front. They ate all of it. 10 lobster tails, 10 baked potatoes, 2 chains in his underage. They ate all that shit. The fruit, they ate all that shit. So, yeah, they enjoyed it. You know what I mean? And so we get there. Venue's going. 2 chains gets there. We got two microphones. One microphone goes out. And we're like, oh, fuck. Now there's just one microphone. And we're just like, god damn. Well, at least he's in here. People can see him. It's cool. But like a true professional, 2 chain. we didn't even expect... Two chains to perform. We just expected him to just, you know, hop on the mic, say a couple things, you know, throw out a couple true, you know, whatever, and then that be it. My guy performed like four songs. Like he did, well, he, not whole songs. He did about four or five verses. And that in itself was amazing. You know what I mean? We didn't expect him to do all that. 
and he did that for us man so that must have been the vibe and the energy or to me he's a performer you know he's he's a professional came in his entourage was you know they were easy to work with and didn't cause any problems we didn't have any issues with the the venue we didn't have any well we did have one issue one of the there was a bookcase that uh that was that was in there someone got bumped into the bookcase and the back of it fell off and that was kind of that was like a hundred dollars to fix but other than that there were no fights no shootings no altercations no nothing everybody came peacefully everyone left peacefully it was an amazing event so i called my girlfriend because i don't have a ride to my car so she comes it gets me and we go to go pick up my car it was parked at the gas station so I'm telling her about the night, everything that happened, you know, kind of, you know, how the night went and, and shit like that. So then we get to the gas station. My car is gone. <laughs> my car is gone. My car where I parked it is no longer there. It is like 2.45 in the morning and I'm just like, just another, just another thing. Please, God, just one more thing, right? So, I talked to the gas station attendant. He gives me a number to a tow, a tow place. I call him. They picked up my car 30 minutes ago. <laughs> they picked up my car 30 minutes ago, and I won't be able to get it until tomorrow. But like I said earlier, I'm working open to close at the store for four days. I'm not going to be able to get this car for four days. So what happens is, is if every day that it's there... The price goes up, right? It just accumulates and it accrues. It goes up and up and up and up. So by the time I could get my car out, the price for it to get out was more than I had originally paid for the car. I had just dropped like 600 into fixing the wiring of the of the car because it had some electrical issues and a lot of stuff started shorting. So we had to kind of like rewire the whole like front console and after that i was just like man fuck that like i can't afford nah because i think it was like they were telling me it was like 650 or 700 dollars to get the car out and i was like what the fuck like that seemed like that seemed way too fucking high for me you know what i mean like it just didn't make any sense and i was just like nah i'm not gonna do it and so i just signed the car over and went to auction and it sold for more than it was owed because i didn't have to pay the difference but it was fucked up man you know what i mean like all of that all of that man lost my car and for a whole well for a whole year i didn't i didn't have a car it was kind of nice taking the bus i'd have to worry about traffic or driving anything like that man but great highs and lows you know, that event was probably the most successful event that I've ever been a part of, personally. Um, the way it was just three of us, how we just bullied it out, got it done was great, but fuck if I didn't have to go through a whole bunch of shit to get it finished. Oh man, I miss that Bronco. Thank you.